Well, greetings, everyone. Thank you for joining me today. Got a good topic on hand. I think you're going to like it. Hopefully, it'll be um, informative enough to really inspire you in your Christian walk. And I think it's a topic that we don't hear too much, never mind on radio and television, but even in churches. But it's a good topic. And it's something God wants us to really be grounded in. So I'm glad you're with me today. We're in a series entitled Being Led by the Spirit. And we're learning what it means when you're led by the Holy Spirit of God. We noted that Jesus promised the Holy Spirit would come. And you know what? He did. Oh yeah. 50 days after Pentecost, after Jesus ascended into heaven, Jesus went up, Spirit came down. Acts chapter 2. And we saw that we know we are being led by the Spirit when number one, we receive and show God's love. Number two, we experience His joy in spite of circumstances. Think about that. Number three, we abide in God's wisdom rather than our own. So, there's three ways anyway to tell. There's probably more. But three ways to tell if you're really being led by the Spirit. And then something we didn't spend any time on, but it's very important. And you know what that is? The fruit that the Spirit produces inside of us. That He's really into shaping our character and making it like Christ. And the fruit is called love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. I like this one. Self-control. <laughs> That's like self-control. Man, we need that fruit to blossom in our lives. And I like the way Paul ended it when he said, against these things, there is no law. So like, you're not going to get arrested and go to jail when you live in love, when you have joy, when you have peace, when you have kindness, goodness, faithful gentleness, and especially when you exert self-control, it's not against the law. So today we move on to a much not talked about ministry of the Holy Spirit. Because we hear about quenching the Spirit, and that's important, grieving the Spirit, being indwelt and filled with the Spirit. I hope you're pretty grounded in all of those aspects of our relationship with the Spirit. They're all vital to our walk. But today, we're going to talk about being adopted by the Spirit. Oh, did you ever think of that? Being adopted by the Holy Spirit? Adoption means to take someone from outside the biological family and bring them into the family with all of its rights and privileges. The adopted child is a full-fledged member of that family, though born outside the family. Okay? Now, Paul began by saying that we were born under the bondage of sin. That's the family we were born into. A biological family, the family of sin. He said in Galatians 4.4, 4, But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth a son, born of a woman under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons, because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. 
So, you know, a big part of why Jesus came was, yes, to atone for our sins, but then that we would be adopted into the family of God. And the Holy Spirit affirms that we are children of God. Sometimes people say, oh, we're all children of God. Not really. We're really not. We become children of God when we accept Christ as our Savior and the Spirit comes into us and then adopts us into God's family, even though we're born outside of the divine family. And, you know, I want you to think about how Jesus introduced the term Abba, Father. In the Old Testament, he was Jehovah, Adonai, Elohim. And Jesus comes on the scene, and he makes it more personal, more intimate, more family. And it introduced a deeper relationship with God. Jesus introduced the term Father when he addressed God as my Father. No one ever said that before. None of the prophets, none of the rabbis, nobody ever said that. In Matthew 7, 21, Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, oh, and this is a wake-up call. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Now, my topic is not doing the will of God, but that's a wake-up call to make sure you are. But the topic is Jesus called God his Father. And then he included us when he taught the disciples to pray. He said in Matthew 6, pray like this, Our Father who art in heaven. You don't call someone father unless you're in the family. So because we were adopted into God's family, we can call him father. And no one else can unless you're adopted into his family through faith in Christ. Okay? And it happens, that's the work of the Spirit. So let me give you a few aspects of what it means to be adopted into God's family by the Holy Spirit. Number one, it assures us of a special loving relationship with God. Why? Because we're his children. You know, let me tell you something. Once a son, always a son, right? If you have a daughter or a son, you have a child, it doesn't matter what that child does, they'll always be your child. They could be the head of the class, the most likely to succeed, or they could make a series of bad choices and destroy their life. They're still your child. Once a child, always a child. And when we become adopted into God's family, we're always a child. Don't lose sight of that. That is so important, because that's where our surety comes from. Don't think there's something you can do that you're no longer a child of God. Just like your child, your son or daughter, there's nothing they can say or do where they would no longer be your child. They can even say, you're not my father anymore. You're not my mother. But you are, and nothing can change that. Okay? So this ensures a special loving relationship with God. Secondly, God planned from eternity past that all who believe in his son, would be adopted into his family. See, that's how predestination works. God says, I'm going to predestine those that believe in my son to be adopted into 
my family. Paul said in Ephesians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. Now, let me talk about that verse for for a moment, verse 4. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. It doesn't mean he chose us to be in him, because it doesn't say that. It says he chose us in him. You would say he chose us because he knew we would be in him by our own volition. And he knew this before the foundation of the world. Verse 5. In love. And by the way, I don't know why, but verse 4 doesn't end right. Verse 4 says, Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. And then verse 5 says, In love. And then period. So it, it should be that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. That God chose, chose us in love. Then it begins, He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will. Why did he predestine us? Because we were in Christ. That's why. Once saved, that's what it takes, salvation. Then we are predestined to what? To be adopted into God's family. Everything begins at salvation. And how does salvation take place? You choose. You respond to the invitation, God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever, are you whoever? Yes, you are. Whoever, anybody and everybody, believes in him, would not perish, but have everlasting life. So you believe in him, now predestination takes over, and God predestined or predetermined that you would be adopted into his family. Think about human adoption. No one goes out and says, hey, let's go adopt the child today. No, it takes planning. It takes time. Oh, and it takes a great expense. People have spent thousands of dollars, right, to adopt the child. Some people go overseas to adopt the child. With all, And there's a lot of planning and a lot of expense involved as well. Well, so it is with God and our own adoption. There was planning. And when did he plan it? Before the foundation of the world. It took time. The Bible says in the fullness of time, Christ came. And there was a tremendous expense, the perfect blood of his son, Jesus Christ, the blood of Christ, all so we could be brought into God's family. God did it all. We did nothing. God did it all. As a child of God, now you're expected to Walk worthy, to walk worthy. And by the way, you know, today, let's say a couple gets married and they have stepchildren and the father wants to adopt the stepchild. The stepchild has to agree to the adoption. So the stepfather says, I want to adopt you in the court. And the court would say to the child, do you agree? Are you accepting that invitation to be adopted? And if they say no, then they're not adopted. But if they say yes, now they're adopted. So you can, the free will is a very important part of that adoption. And so it is with us. We said yes to Christ. 
And then the adoption took place. So again, verse Ephesians 4.1, walk, now that you're a child of God and you're in the family of God, walk worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Work worthy of God. Don't be a deadhead. Walk worthy of God. You're in his family. Come on. The third thing we see about adoption, it provides security for the believer. In Ephesians 1.13, in him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, there it is, having believed, that's the, that's the, the catchphrase, that's what gets you in, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. There's our security. The Holy Spirit has sealed us. Sealed means to stamp or to mark out or attest to. Remember years and years ago, ages ago, there was what's called the seal of good housekeeping. And if a product had the seal of good housekeeping, well, it came with a guarantee. That's a good product. You can buy that. Today we have something else. Today we have, uh, I forget what it is. I do it on cars and things. I forget, but anyway. So once you know you're adopted into the family of God, we actually can feel closer to God and even closer to fellow believers because we're all in the same family. And maybe you have the experience of being closer to some Christians than even your own family. In the sense that sometimes a family member gets saved and the rest doesn't, and there's this divide that can separate them. And it can, it can actually divide a family, which is a sad thing to happen. But even Jesus said, I've, I haven't come to bring peace. I've come to bring a sword. And mother will be divided against daughter and father against son. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. And why is that? Because of truth. Because some accept truth and some deny it. And that's the great divide. Okay? The fourth aspect of being adopted into the family of God. As I said, we have a new household. Ephesians 2.18. Boy, Paul's got this nailed in Ephesians, doesn't he? He said, through him, that's Christ, we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Come on. That's the good news. You're of God's household. You're not a guest. You're a member. See, with a guest, right, they can only stay a little while. What do they say? Guests are like fish. After three days, they begin to stink. <laughs> but the family members, they're there. Can't get rid of them. They're there for eternity, right? So we are members of the household of God. That is worth a hallelujah. And then number five, because we're adopted into God's family, this household that we're a member of instills in us boldness. Do you have boldness as a Christian? Boldness in your security in God. In your security that the Holy Spirit is in you and He sealed you and mocked you out as belonging to God. Do you have that? 
Do you have that assurance that when you're absent from your body, you'll be present with the Lord? That's the boldness that comes from understanding adoption. And it comes in different areas. For instance, in 2 Corinthians 3.12, Paul had boldness in his speech. He didn't hold back. As a matter of fact, Paul said, um, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, after we had already suffered and been distressed in Philippi, as you know, we had the boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel of God. Amid, here it comes, opposition. So even though when he faced opposing forces, he didn't clam up. He had boldness. Hebrews chapter 11 is filled with people that had boldness. And they actually put their lives on the line for their faith. That's bold. See, when you have a Christian conviction, live in it. Don't compromise. Don't follow the crowd. Be bold. Okay? And God will give us opportunities to demonstrate that. And I remember a, a few years ago, I went to a bed and breakfast with my wife. We were, I think it was in Connecticut. And it was a nice place, had a nice time. And you know, in a bed and breakfast, everybody comes down for breakfast together, right? And there was this long table. <clears throat> the cooks was the people that ran the place. They made some really nice food. And at the table, because we got to know each other, was a liberal. Then there was a psychic and his wife, then there was another man and his wife, and myself, and Donna. Now, I'm being a pastor. And um, so the food came out, and I'm like, okay, I always pray for my food. I'm at a table with a liberal, a psychic, and his wife, and another couple. And my head starts getting hot. Uh, I'm, I'm heating up, and little beads of sweat are forming on my head. Because God is saying, you know, hey, don't compromise. You're going to pray for the food. So I said to everybody, do you mind if I pray for the food? And you know what they said? Sure, go ahead. <laughs> they all said yes. No one's ever said no. With all the times, and maybe it's happened to you, with all the times you ever asked the crowd, do you mind if I pray for the food? They always say yes. But that was a good test for me because, you know, I got a, I got a, a psychic there and a liberal. And these people, their thoughts are completely different from mine. But God put me on the spot, and uh, I'm so glad I didn't cave in. It wasn't. Com I'll be honest, it wasn't comfortable. You know, I was a mess. <laughs> but I, I was happy when it was over. I said, "Yes, God, we did it. We did it." I don't know what I sounded like, but we did it, and everybody was okay. So the point is, never forget the boldness that you have in Christ to speak for Him and to speak to Him. Okay, God will see you through. He'll see you through. And you know, when you demonstrate boldness in your convictions, you're going to come out stronger. You're going to come out more affirmed in your faith. And you're going to come out feeling more real as a believer. Because if we don't live in it and apply it, how real are we? We have to be really real. And God will put us in uncomfortable circumstances, that's right, to demonstrate the reality of our faith. So I would say, accept that. Go forward. No one's going to chop your head off. God is with you. And we've got the Holy Spirit that provides the assurance to do what we need to do. So in summary today, as we wrap up this topic on what it means to be led by the Spirit, remember this. The moment you accepted Christ as your Savior, 
You were adopted into God's family. And you're not getting out. You know why? Because you're family. Your salvation is secure. Don't forget that, okay? Your salvation is secure. So what happened? This adoption, like any adoption, has to be planned. Our adoption was planned in eternity past, where before God even created us, he already had a plan. Those who believe in my son will be adopted into my family. Boom, there it is. Once we're adopted into the family, now we have a loving relationship with God our Father. He is our Heavenly Father. And we can live in that secure, loving relationship with Him. Okay? Thirdly, it does provide eternal security. What is eternal security? It's a security that cannot be lost. You'll always have it. It's eternal, okay? So there's nothing you can do to undo what God has done. God is greater than all. And if God has done something for us, we can't undo what God has done. Like I said, a a son can't say to his father, you're not my father anymore. Or a daughter can't say to her mother, you're not my mother anymore. They can say it all they want. They can walk away. They can run away. They can leave the house. They can never return but they're still their child. they got their DNA. They've got their blood. Nothing changes that. And now we've got God's DNA. We've got the blood of Christ. And that blood is over us. And it makes us family. See, what makes family? Blood. Blood makes us family. And we've been adopted through the blood of Christ. So we have a new household. And maybe don't ever think you're alone. Maybe you're alone in your natural family, but you never have to be alone in your spiritual family. doesn't have to happen. And then fifthly, it does give us boldness to speak for him and to speak to him. Oh, there's a boldness that comes from knowing who you belong to. Let me give you an illustration. The Roman soldiers were returning from battle, and they're coming down Main Street in Rome, and they're parading the spoils of war. And all the people are lined up on the streets cheering because the Romans came back. They were victorious. And it's a great celebration, a beautiful parade. And there's a little boy on the sideline. And he goes running down to the horse that's leading the parade. And there's a member of the royal guard standing there. And he stops him. He says, hold on there, Sonny. Where are you going? Don't you know that's the general up there on that horse? And the little boy replied, he may be your general, but he's my daddy. And what a difference. Can you see the difference? Can you see the difference when you see God as your father? That's how you need to see him. That his love will never cease. His care and compassion will never diminish. He's always there. Oh, and he'll discipline at times if he needs to. You know why? Because we're children. We're children of God. But we really need to soak in what it means to be a child of God. All believers are adopted into the family of God. And once you get in, you can't get out. Why? Because you have been legally, legally adopted. See, adoption is a legal transaction. You can't undo it. 
And we've been, when we've been adopted into the family of God, we, we can't undo it. And that's good. And even if you want to undo it, it's good that you can't. Because if you ever wanted to, there'd come a day when you said, Oh, I'm glad I couldn't. I'm glad I couldn't get out of God's family and you'll end up in God's household. You'll end up in God's house in heaven. And that's the good news. So really think about adoption. It's all the work of God. He planned it. He timed it and he paid for it. He paid for it. That's why we want to walk worthy. Your soul came at a very high cost and God will not lose it. He paid a lot for you, the shed blood of his son, and he will not lose you, okay? He's not going to lose you because he paid so much for you. He's holding on to you. You're not holding on to him. He's holding on to you. Because if you held on to him, if I held on to him, hey, there could be times we'd let go. We'd slip and fall and we'd let go. We'd be cast by the wayside. But no, he's holding on to you. Like when you cross the street with a little three-year-old child, you don't say, hold my hand. You say, give me your hand. Give me your hand. Why? Because you're going to hold on to them. So even if they slip and fall, you know what happens? You drag them across the street. That's right. You're going to drag them yourself because you're not going to let them fall alone and be crushed by oncoming traffic. I like that one. I like the fact that God holds on to me. That makes me feel really secure. And he holds on to you. That should make you feel real secure too. Well, I said it before, I'll say it again. Join the Hope Club. Get on board. There's some people coming on board now. Go to newhoperadio.live, click on the menu bar. You can give us $3 a week for our expenses, and we're going to send you a devotional every Monday through Friday. It's going to build your faith. It really will. And you know what? You want your faith to build because that's your surety. That's your confidence. That's your boldness. So one day, if you're at a table with a psychic and his wife and a liberal, and you want to bless the food, you say, mind if I pray? And you pray in Jesus' name because you are bold, because you hear the word of God every single day. So join the Hope Club, and I'll see you next time.